You are listening to the Winning in Faith podcast with Pastor T.J. McBride. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, I told y'all we weren't going to use any scriptures on the screen, but I had to break my promise and just, just, just show it to you in a message. All right? All right, just, just, just pray for me. All right. God can do anything. God can heal your body. God can make you debt free. Come on, God can cause that business to rise up in you. God can save all your children and grandchildren. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That's why I want you to start doing this dreaming again. Now, now, here's three things that we're going to have to do, and I told you this before, but you could just write this down. Uh, pull up the next point, guys. You've got to think big, talk big, and act big. I was talking with my uh, music director here, uh, David, and I was just sharing with him some of the things that I want to do because I just believe that we have an awesome worship and arts ministry here that, watch this, we can introduce a new genre to the kingdom of God. Just like Maranatha music and just like Hillsong music and just like all these other uh, movements introduce new music to the body of Christ. I said, why can't Tabernacle of Praise introduce new music to the body of Christ? Stuff they've never heard before, stuff they've never seen before, things that they have never seen in a worship experience. All I'm telling you is that I'm thinking big. I'm dreaming big. I'm trying to see if I could change the world with what God has put on the inside of us. And I feel like like I got about 20 world changers up in this church that you know that you were created to do something to just sit around and look at everybody else do something. Do I got somebody here that knows that God has placed something big on the inside of me? Okay, another, another quote I gave you at the beginning of the year was mediocrity is not an option. So mediocrity means I blend in with people. Okay, in this season, you're not supposed to blend in. You're supposed to stand out. So I need everybody to understand the reason why you can't fit into everybody's circle and the reason why you can't fit into everybody's crowd is because you refuse to blend in with everybody. Every now and then, you're going to have to stand out. Come on, somebody. What I found out is the people that stand out and step out are the people that usually live out the dreams and visions that God has given you. Somebody say amen to that. Now, as Christians, we must understand that God's will for us is not just to be heavenly minded, but we got to be kingdom minded, okay? Now, now here's, what, here's what Jesus taught us in a prayer. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there are some things that God wants to see done in this earth just like it's already done in heaven. Okay? Now, here's what I found out about, about Christians. Christians are so heavenly minded. We, we, we own our way to heaven and we're so glad. But we haven't learned to enjoy ourselves right down here on this earth. Okay? 
Because as I talk about no limits today, I want to deal with the lifestyle of a no limit person. Because here's what I found out is that a lot of times, even though we love God and we love church and we love this atmosphere, when we leave here, we are living lives that don't represent the God that we serve. And the reason why I know we're doing that is because some of y'all are just so unhappy and mad all the time that the only reason you, the only time you do get happy is for 90 minutes at T.O.P. You know what I found out? I found out that the most, the most disgruntled church members are people that don't have a life. And they want T.O.P. to fulfill everything about them. I don't ever have no problems with folk that got stuff going on. They, they got so much stuff going on, they ain't worried about what's going on at T.O.P. They like, I just come here to hear the word and worship and praise God. When I leave here, I'm about doing my thing. Can I help you with something? When you building something, you ain't got time to look at other folks' stuff. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. You ain't got time to see who's talking about you and who worrying about you and who posting about you and who saying stuff about you. Baby, I didn't even know you was there. I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I'm so busy on building what God has put in me. I didn't even, well, you, you was there? Oh, I'm sorry. And, and what, what I want you to do is for the next three months, I want you to be determined that you're going to live a lifestyle. That you're going to be happy every day of your life. Saints, I've made up in my mind, I refuse to work this hard and be mad. I refuse to get up every morning. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. And to work my my hands to the bone and be upset and be stressed out and be mad and be angry. The devil is a liar. Come on. Jesus came that I may have life and I'm going to have it more abundantly. So if you see me moving a little bit, don't get religious on me. I just found out it's time for me to live. Do I got 50 people up in here that can say it's time to live. a few scriptures that, that I just want to help you. Now, I want you to go backwards. I want you to go to Ecclesiastes. Now, I know that's going to be tough for some of y'all, but, but, but it's, if, if you go to Ecclesiastes, I believe it's right after Proverbs. All right? So if you find Proverbs, just go to your right. And you're going to see this big old word called Ecclesiastes. Okay? If you've got Psalms, then go to Proverbs. Then you go Proverbs and go to Ecclesiastes. You're going to get there, all right? All right? I ain't trying to make fun of you. I'm just trying to help you get there, all right? Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 17. All right? Now, this is Solomon. Now, he's writing, all right? Now, just, just, just to let you all know, I... I had, a little, I had a little dental procedure this week, so if I sound funny, don't worry about it. I chose to preach anyway, all right, because I got something I got to tell y'all. Somebody about to leave out of here with some joy today. Now, 
Ecclesiastes 2 verse 17 says, therefore, y'all got it? Read it. What's it say? Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. Can I help you with something? You know what Solomon said? I hate life because of my job. Now, I'm about to push you into no limits now. Because what's happening is, is that it's time for you to live, but it's hard for you to live because you're spending eight to ten hours someplace where you really don't want to be. Are y'all listening to me? So what I'm trying to help you understand is that no limits is not just about you coming in here. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But it's about you now taking the principles of the word, applying them to your life, and finding out what is it that I'm supposed to be doing that will add joy and happiness to my life. Okay, now I, I, I want to show you this because if you stay in the same book and go over one chapter to chapter 3, okay, I want to show you this, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 12 to 13. Some of y'all didn't even know this was in the Bible. The Bible says, I know, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 12, 13 says, I know that there is no good in them before a man to what? Rejoice and to do good in his life. Keep reading. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Now, I told y'all I wasn't going to do this, but I had to do it. So go ahead and put this up in the New Living Translation. Okay, y'all got it? Okay, now y'all read it. What's it say? So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are the gifts from God. Lord, have mercy. I declare the decree of no limit anointing is about to hit this congregation because you are about to enjoy the fruits of your labor, and every day is going to be a good day. Y'all ain't going to help me. I said every day is going to be a good day. Ice Cube said today is a good day. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. I said every day. Somebody shout every day. Every day I wake up, something good's about to happen to me. Every day I wake up, God's about to make a way for me. Every day I wake up, I'm about to step into my dreams and my visions. I am not going to live my life working and doing something that I don't enjoy. I'm making a decision. Okay? And let me help you with something. And just because you get a little older don't mean you can't enjoy yourself. Matter of fact, seasoned saints are entering into the best season of their life because now they ain't got to raise nobody else. Now they going on cruises. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now they going on trips. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now they go eat when they want to. Y'all say amen. The older you get, the more fun it is. Now, that's your choice to want to take care of everybody's grandchildren. That's you. Come on, y'all say amen to that. You don't want to want to pay everybody bills. That's your choice. You supposed to be chilling. I can't get nobody to help me up in here. You're supposed to be chilling, 
sitting up on the couch eating grapes. So what it is, li living a no-limit lifestyle means you got to make some choices now. Are y'all listening to me? Jesus did not come so that you could go to church. He said, I come that you may have life. Save folk ought to be the most happiest people you ever ran into on Monday. De Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Let's go here. Y'all going back to the Old, uh, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Ooh, somebody about to walk into some good stuff this year. A a am I talking to the right folks up in here? I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Okay, let's, we're going back to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, D-E-U. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to get the first three letters and then you know what to do. Y'all have it? Deuteronomy 30, 19. Okay, now let's read it. What's it say? I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Listen, living a no-limit lifestyle is a choice. Are y'all listening to me? The choices that you make will produce the quality of life you want to live. Y'all didn't like that. Okay? You can no longer blame anyone else for the results you are experiencing when you're the one that's making the choices. Okay? I, 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 I you know, I... I'm with my trainer, like, like work, working out and eating right has become like a big part of my life now. And, and I'm feeling better and I, and I, you know, I could sleep. I used to have, what's that thing when you, when, when you snore real bad? Yeah. <laughs> sleep apnea, I heard somebody say it. Okay. And, 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 and they told me I need to lose weight. They said, you need to lose weight. And I wasn't sleeping, so what happens is when I get up in the morning, I feel like I ain't slept. And I was, I was lazy, and I was just, you know, and, and, I, and, and my snoring will wake me up. Now, you know it's bad when you... <laughs> your, your snoring is supposed to wake other folk up. It waking you up. <laughs> so I went and got the machine. Y'all know, I don't know if y'all... Sleep apnea. I got the machine and put that thing on me, and man, that thing was pumping air in me. And I'm, I, I, you know, some nights I couldn't be comfortable because it got a big old mask on me. You know, I tried all the stuff online, uh, Zipa, and oh, I ordered everything to try to get me to snoring. And the doctor told me the way for you to stop snoring is you got to lose. So what am I doing? I'm trying to do all this other stuff. You know why? Because I didn't want to make a choice. 
and when I made it, now y'all ain't saying amen. Every time I get around y'all eating, y'all, y'all back up on me now. When I made a choice that I am not going to keep working hard and going to bed and I can't sleep. Are y'all listening to me? Up here preaching, and by the time I get done preaching, my asthma coming back and my knees hurt. You know why? Because I was doing too much for my weight. So when I started eating right and working out, they told me I was borderline diabetic, and I had people in my family that I saw die from diabetes. I said, that is not going to happen to me. And I made a decision. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. Because everything is about a choice. You can slob at this altar all you want, but after you get done slobbing, you're still going to go back home, and you're going to have to make some choices. Y'all say amen to that. Praise God. And so when I made a choice to change some things about me, that's when I start feeling better. My wife let me back up in the bedroom. Now I can, now I can sleep. Some of my married folk don't know what I'm talking about. When you snore, you get this nudge. Boom! You're going to have to... Amen. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, some of y'all laugh because y'all had to do it last night. It's all right. Let me give you this quote. Let me give you this quote. Your life is a result of the choices you have made. If you don't like your life, start making better choices. Lord have mercy. Somebody clap for that. That's, you, you need to clap for that. So, 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 so this no limits thing I'm trying to get into, you, into your heart, into your spirit, as I'm trying to motivate you, and I'm also trying to motivate our children too is the next thing I want you to look at, put this up, guys, is you're going to have to discover your passion. You're going to have to find out what drives you. You're going to have to find out what, mo- what pushes you, what wakes you up in the morning and has you up at night. What, watch this. What would you do even if nobody paid you? Saints, I, would, I, have, I have preached, I have played the, the organ and piano, and nobody gave me nothing because it was my passion. Are y'all listening to me? And you're going to have to find out what is it that God is putting you. Now, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm homing in on this is because it's time for you to be happy. And it's hard for you to be happy when you don't know what drives you. It's hard for you to be happy when you don't know what's in you. And every now and then, you got to stop and find out, what am I created to do? What is it that gives me, that gives me fire? And sometimes you just, you, you, you'd be surprised how you can find it out in the weirdest ways. You can find it while watching a TV show, watching a commercial, being around something, and all of a sudden, you just get this energy. You're like, oh, man, I could do that. There are people that are anointed to cook. And, and when they get in the kitchen, a passion comes on them. And if you're that person, give me your number at the end of the service so we can, we can sit and see what God is saying. <laughs> okay? Now, 
before you think I'm out of the Bible, I want you to understand something. Jesus had a passion. Okay, now let's go to the book of Acts real quick. The book of Acts, Acts 1. Somebody says, is this Bible? Yeah, it is. You just ain't read it yet. Come on, Acts, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Now the writer here is Luke, and he's, he's looking back at what Jesus did. And he's sending uh, this letter to a person called Theophilus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Look at verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Can y'all read verse 3 with me? To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Wait a minute. He showed himself alive after his passion. When I looked that up in the Amplified, it says his passion was his suffering in the garden and on the cross. So Jesus had a passion. Watch this. His passion was the cross and the suffering he went through. That drove him those three years of ministry. What drove him to do miracles, signs, and wonders, what drove him to go to neighborhoods, what drove him to deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees is because he had a passion of getting to that cross. He had a passion of getting to that cross because he had you and me in mind. So he said, I'm going to deal with these crazy Pharisees. I'm going to deal with these crazy Sadducees. I'm going to deal with the nails in the hand. I'm going to deal with the crown of thorns on, on the head. I'm going to deal with the 40 lashes on my back. I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with that because of the passion that I got for these folks here. His passion drove him to the cross. Now, if Jesus had a passion, my question is, what's your passion? Because you're going to have to find something that drives you so that you can enjoy the days that God has given you on this earth. Somebody say amen to that. Okay? I know you got a job, and aren't we thankful that we have a job? But don't you think that God got something better for you? I, 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 listen, there are some people that are anointed to stand at Walmart and greet people. And that is an anointing to be able to smile at folk you don't know and say hi, and then they keep walking like they never even heard you or saw you. I get mad at folk at CVS because when you go to CVS, when they come in, if y'all ever notice, the person at the counter will say, hello, thank you for being here, some greeting, and the folk just keep walking. One time I was at the counter and the lady said, hello, let me know if I can help you. The person didn't say nothing. I got mad. I said, hey, did you hear her say something to you? <laughs> she was like, oh, no, you, you don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to do that. I'm like, man, just man. That's one of the reasons why I love Chick-fil-A. I can't, listen, it, I, I'm, listen, I don't care what nobody else put out. I go to Chick-fil-A just for them to say, Hello. You know why? Because people have discovered their passion. Now, let me help you with something. In discovering your passion, you're going to have to move past distractions. 
Because when you own your way somewhere, the enemy is always going to throw up distractions. Now let me show you how this happened with Jesus. Jesus had a passion. Didn't I already tell you that? He, his passion was going to the cross. Now let's go, back, let's go backwards to Matthew chapter 16. Let me show you something real quick. Are y'all still with me? I'm talking about living a no-limit lifestyle now because somebody's about to walk in something. Matthew 16, verse 21 through 23. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he starts telling them about his passion. Now, you would think his boys would understand. But let me show you this. From that time forth, this is Matthew 16 and 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and what? Suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Can I ask y'all a question, church? Is he describing his passion? He's going to have to suffer. He's going to be killed, but he's going to be raised. That's his passion. Look at verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Dang, Peter. Saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Look how Jesus responds to Peter trying to stop him from doing his passion. He turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, I want you to see this because Jesus is so passionate about what he's supposed to do. That he looks at a person that's his road dog. That's his right-hand man. And look, watch this. He does something that we all need to learn. He doesn't rebuke Peter. He rebukes the spirit that is in Peter. Saints, some of y'all are spending too much time rebuking people instead of getting in the spirit and rebuking the spirit that's influencing a person. Anybody that is coming against what you are passionate about doing, they are under the influence of Satan. Because what they're trying to do is hinder you from being successful in what you're trying to do. The minute they open up their mouth and speak against what you believe God has called you to do, lets you know that they are of another spirit. And I don't care if they've been with you for 20 years, 30 years, or 40 years. You need to understand that there comes a time in your life where you got to recognize the devil and call a spade a spade and say, you know what? You ain't of God. You letting the devil talk through you. So in the name of Jesus, I'll love you, but I got to rebuke that spirit. Y'all say amen to that. I was, I was sharing with somebody some goals, some things I want to do with the church, you know, you know, just, you know, an, a, another uh, preacher, you know, and I'm just sharing him, like, McBride, man, you, hey, you need to slow down, doc. Come on, uh, uh, let me, are y'all, are y'all, you, now, now, he, he, <laughs> he was saying this to help me understand, you're doing too much, just take it easy. Okay, but 
when you walking with a visionary and when you walking with somebody that see way down the road than what you see, you got to watch your mouth. You got you to gotta understand that he sees something that I don't see right now, okay? And some of you all, you don't even know who you are because you're visionaries. And you see stuff that other folks don't see. And so when you get to talking, other folk around you, sometimes your family, can't even understand what you're talking about. I wish I could get somebody to help me with this. And you're talking about stuff that's outside your budget, that's outside your degrees, that's outside your resources. Come on, you're talking about going back to school. You're talking about starting this. I mean, I got Caesar Saints talking about starting stuff, and they're 60 or 70 years old. Don't you know that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly? Can I announce to T.O.P. today, don't you surround yourself with vision killers. If God has put something in you, you better get ready because it's about to come to pass. Lord, have mercy. So Jesus rebuked that spirit. He said, uh-uh, get away from me. Uh-uh. You know why? Because Jesus discovered who he was. And, and, and you don't have to turn to it now, but in Jeremiah chapter 1, God has a talk with Jeremiah. Here's what he said. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I need y'all to listen to me. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had put something on the inside of you. And if you are doing something that doesn't bring you joy, that you need to find out what God has put in you because what's happening is you're out of place. And you will be surprised how much joy you will have when you're doing something that adds value to your life, that adds peace to your life. I'm declaring in the next three months that you're going to find your passion. You're going to find what you're created to do. Come on. Now, I, I, I need to say this because I don't want y'all to be looking at me all upset because <laughs> I've been working this job for 15 years and I ain't there. No, this word is coming to help you to enlighten you. Because what I want you to do is I want you to spend the rest of your days being happy. Watch this. I want you to wake up Monday skipping. Not wake up Monday talking about talk. I need to know, does anybody have the Monday blues sometime? Hey, even this, the, even, even what I do here is taxing. But at the end of the day, I know I'm walking in my passion. Are y'all listening to me? Because you need to understand, Jesus had a passion, but he had to suffer in that passion. So sometimes even in your passion, you're going to have to go through some stuff. But understand, if you know and you're confident that you're doing what you were called to do, then you know that it's going to bring you joy when it's all said and done. Somebody say amen to that. I, I gave this word last year, but God told me to give it to you again. And I want you all to receive this by faith in the name of Jesus. I heard the Lord say this, and I want to give it to you. God is going to turn your passion into profit. That means that what God has put in you is going to be able to sustain you and your family. Okay, I made a decision uh, a, a, a while ago uh, when we were building Tabernacle of Praise and, uh, at the Zach Hinton location. I believe this was around 2008 
or 2009, I believe, and, and I was working at Sports Authority, and I was packing boxes. And I, I used to go to Sports Authority mad. I was so mad because I know God called me to be a full-time pastor, and I'm up in here packing boxes. Now, the reason why I was packing boxes is because my degree was in music. So I didn't have any other training. I was trained to be music. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but somebody need to hear it. I was trained to be a musician from the age of six. I went to music school. I was on track to be in a symphony and an opera. I had traveled to Europe three times with a symphony. I saw the world. So I was scheduled to be a percussionist. I auditioned for the opera when I was in San Francisco. I played in the symphony, all right? My mother love right here, she saw all that, and I was doing all that even while I was dating a uh, first lady. And we were set to move to New York. I was gonna go to Juilliard School of Music, and I was gonna make a living, okay? And there was two schools that were seeking after me, Juilliard School of Music and Cleveland Institute of Music. Those were the places for percussionists. And I was headed that way. Okay, when me and my wife got married, uh, something happened, and Ashley came. <laughs> something, ha something, something. When Ashley came, I could not go after my dreams anymore because I had to work. Because I had to be a y'all come on now. I had to be a provider for my family, so. So I said, well, I'm going to do, do this for a minute, work for a minute, then I'm going to get back in that thing, okay? Because that's what I was trained to do. I wasn't trained to do computers, wasn't trained to do nothing else. All I knew was music and church. Those are the only things I knew. So I said, I, 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 so, so when Asher was born, I said, okay, we're going to get back on the game. Then the next year, something else happened. <laughs> Andrew was born. <laughs> So I said, okay, I'm a little behind, but I'm going to get back on my game, okay? I graduated from school, uh, from music school. I was on my game, okay? Then a year and a half later came, something else happened. Alexis was born, okay? So by this time, watch this, the dream that I had of playing in the symphony got really put on the back burner. And not only did my dreams get put on the back burner, but my wife had dreams. And so we had to put our dreams on the back burner to raise our family. I need to know, am I the only one that, that is going through this? Okay. And, and so sometimes, come on, y'all, you got to do what you got to do to raise your family, to do what you got to do. Okay. So, so when, we, when we moved out here and started the church uh, and the church started going, I, I, uh, uh, I was like, you know what, if, if, if God is not going to do it through the music, then the only other thing I have a passion for is ministry. So I said, so I'm going to put it in ministry. And so when we start the church, and my wife said, you know, uh, 2009, we were building a Zach Hinton place, and she came and picked me up from my job. And she said, the Lord told me to tell you, it's time for you to leave this job and to start pastoring this church. I told her, I said, if you release me, then I'll do it. And I told her this, and I said, and if you release me to do it, I promise you, it's going to be rough at the beginning, but I promise you, I'm going to make you happy. 
okay? Now, I just want to talk to the men, okay? You're going to have to, Lord, have mercy. You, you, you're going to have to make a decision in your mind that you are going to do some things that's going to put you and your house in another situation. And, and, and I made a decision. Now, I, I, I made some, some decisions in that decision that kind of messed me up because I got so driven. I kind of messed some things up, but I got my stuff back together. Amen. But because sometimes you get so driven that you, that you lose in balance. And I was so working that I lost balance with my wife and kids. But thank God, Lord knows how to restore all that. Amen. And, and so, so, so uh, there came a time where I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to go after this or am I going to keep working at Sports Authority? And this phrase came up in my mind that I want to share with you all. If y'all can put the next phrase up. What you're going to have to do is seize the moment. Every one of y'all going to have a moment. Lord have mercy. You're going to have a moment where you're going to say, okay, I'm going all in. Am I talking to the right people? I'm going all in. I know I got something in me, and I'm going all in. Now, I'm not telling nobody to do nothing crazy. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. But but, because but, I tried to quit two times before, and it didn't work because I was being led by my flesh. But when my wife released me, that's when I knew it was the Holy Spirit. So I seized the moment. Now, I want you to understand this. If I didn't take advantage of that moment that me and my wife had right there sitting in front of that sports authority warehouse, what God has done in the last 10 years of this church wouldn't have even happened. Sometimes, watch this, your moment can affect things down the line. Everybody in here is going to have a moment. Y'all don't hear me. I said everybody in here is going to have a moment. And some, there are some people in here that had a moment. There are, some, there are some ladies in here that you had a moment where you had to say, either I'm going to stay in this abusive relationship or I'm going to leave and get my family out of this. That's a moment, okay? Some of y'all had a moment where you said, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, this job is killing me and I can't work and they're and they killing my body and I got to make a decision. Everybody has a moment. You have a moment and when God gives you that moment, seize it. Y'all say amen to that. I, I, I always thank God for, for, for my mother in love right here because she seized the moment when she was single with, 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 with her three kids. She seized the moment and she said, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to raise my three children. And if, she didn't, and if she didn't seize that moment, I might not have never met Lady Shanae. She might not be the woman that she is to me right now, but because she seized the moment. I need to talk to everybody in here and understand there is a moment in your house and in your family where you're going to have to look at some things and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do right now? Because the choices that you make now can change a generation. Y'all say amen to that. Am I talking to the right people up in here? Okay. Do, do y'all remember that man, uh, 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 that, the blind man in the Bible? The Bible says that he was sitting outside of Jericho. Do y'all remember that story? Read it when you get home in Mark chapter 10. He was sitting outside of Jericho, and, 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 and the Bible says that Jesus passed by him once, and he missed it. But Jesus came back out, 
And when he came back out, the blind man said, I ain't going to miss this moment. He starts saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He started crying out because he knew if he misses this moment, he could miss his miracle. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody right now. Because every now and then, when you know your moment comes, you're going to have to do something that nobody else is doing. Everybody else is chilling, walking with Jesus. He starts yelling. Now, why did he have to yell? Because he had to bring some attention to himself. You're going to have to do something that brings attention to what God has put on the inside of you, even if it means you've got to stand out in front of everybody else. And here's what I found out, Henry. When you stand out, Rico, when you start standing out, folks start talking about you. What did the people say in the Bible? They start saying, shh, be quiet, doing all that yelling. What's wrong with you? Ain't you got no sense? This is Jesus. Now, you get back in your place and quit all this yelling. Ain't you got no coof around you? What's wrong with you? What did he start doing? Crying out more. Jesus! Because when you know it's your moment, you ain't worried about nobody else's opinion. You ain't worried about what nobody else think about you. You ain't no worried about what nobody else looking at you about. I feel like I got 50 people up in this church that you ain't concerned about nobody else's opinion about you. You know this is your moment. 